happy Father's Day. I think um, later on we will acknowledge you formally, but uh, as a fellow father, I want to say happy Father's Day. We do a great job as fathers, if I may say so myself. All right. Um, We're going to continue our teaching. This is part 11 of our series on destiny. Part 11. And uh, I, I intend to conclude... But because I want to move on to something else, um, I probably have another six um, teachings to go to really conclude it, but we're not going to do that. So another time, God willing, we'll pick it up. But uh, today we want to continue on promotion to the palace. Uh, Promotion to the palace season. Last week we looked at aspects of the palace uh, season. We talked about the fact that Joseph we can learn a lot of lessons about our destiny and God's purposes concerning our destiny through the life of Joseph. So let's read a few scriptures. Uh, Psalm 105, our key text, uh, verses 17 to 19. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Also, Romans 8:28, he says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So we have been talking about the fact that God has called us to be men and women of destiny. And we have said that a man or a woman of destiny is an individual that is focused on the will of God for their life or focused on God's destination for their life. And we have also said that an individual whose life choices does not violate God's word will eventually end up where God has called them to. And this is really the challenge when you're talking about the outcomes of our life. When we talk about the outcomes of our life, the challenge is whether we are willing to trust God when things look completely contrary to what we expect them to look like. And so in the life of Joseph, we see various stages of development and various seasons of his life, how God dealt with him. First of all, we saw in, the, in his beginning, in his formative years, his foundation in his father's house, how as a beloved son, he went from a beloved son to a wounded brother. And uh, that was part of God's process, how the fact that in his father's house, he was favored by his father, he was loved by his father, and hated by his brothers. And in the end, when he left his father's house, he left wounded because of the treachery of his brothers. Then from his father's house, he went into a pit. And in the pit... Uh, he was, uh, the pit represents a season of our life where nothing looks good. Everything is totally bleak. Then from the pit, he went to, um, he was sold as a slave to Potiphar's house. In Potiphar's house, he had a season of favor, but he was a slave. In other words, he served somebody else's vision. He served somebody else's um, purpose. He seemed to be subject to somebody else's desires. Then in Potiphar's house, even though he experienced a level of favor, he then ended up in prison. 
He ended up in prison. And we said the prison season misrepresents who God has called you to be and what God has called you to do. Because, number one, you are there by false accusation. And number two, you are completely restricted in being who you're supposed to be. You can't even express the, the things that are really in you. You don't have the freedom to maneuver or to do things the way you would like to. And the problem or the danger of that season is you are tempted to break out of that season because you're in prison just like you'd be tempted to break out of jail. Even so, in this season of your life, you're tempted to violate clear scriptural directives in order to get ahead. But the way you would do it will seem as if you are justified. And then from the prison, we come to the palace, the palace season. And that's what we've been looking at. So let's continue. I don't want to go into much of what I said, but last week we talked about God's sovereignty in promoting Joseph in this season in Genesis 41 verses 1 to 14. And we talked about what God does to get you out of prison to the palace. This is God's doing. When you're in the prison season, there is nothing that you in yourself can do unless you violate God's word to get you out of that situation. But when you pass the test of the prison season, and what is that test? It is submission to the will of God in spite of injustice. That is the test. You are willing to honor God regardless of the injustices that you are facing. Say to your neighbor, that's a great challenge. Yes, it is. It is. So God sovereignly does certain things. We looked at that. And then the second thing is Joseph's response to his promotion. We looked at that. How Joseph responded when God elevated him. Because your response will determine the next phase. So now we're going to look at two things. Pharaoh's response um, to Joseph when he met him. And then Joseph, how he began to act as prime minister. So Genesis 41 from verses 37 to 45. And we're going to look at that, and I uh, hope you help me with the time, all right? Uh, I want to encourage you, when it comes to God's purpose for your life, not to be discouraged by the negativity that you may be feeling in this season of your life or during the various stages of your development. When we make it our aim to please God, God will make sure, listen, that even your enemies will work to your advantage. In Psalm chapter 5, verse 12, the scripture says, the psalmist makes a prayer and he says, You, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. God promises to bless the righteous with favor. But Proverbs 14, 7 says this, When a man's steps please the Lord... He makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. There is a season in your life, and this is a palace season, when you enter where even the people who would normally be against you will seek to favor you. Now, if you are not careful and you see somebody in that season of their life, you will think God is being partial. No, there are stages of development, and you must understand that. However, this is a season that will also highlight your relationship with influential people, as we'll see in the life of Joseph. In other words, when God is dealing with you, before you begin to fulfill your destiny, he will place you in a place of favor. 
He will promote you. Now, the palace is not your destiny. The palace is crucial to your destiny, but it's not your destiny. However, most people confuse the promotion they're experiencing, the blessing they're experiencing with the favor of God. And again, when you do that, what will happen is you actually forgot, forget God's purposes and focus on the blessing. And that's what many people do. They end up focusing on the blessing instead of the purpose of God. However, in this season, your relationship with influential people is key because how they perceive you will allow them to open doors for you that you cannot open for yourself. Proverbs 18 verse 16 says this, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Now, in the Hebrew, literally, what he's saying is a bribe opens doors. But there is a flip side to that. And that is this. The grace that God gives to a man or a woman will enable certain doors to open to them without them even trying. Your gift will make room for you. The endowment God invests in you, if you allow it to develop properly, that alone can open doors for you that no amount of connection will do. And one of the things I am convinced about is the tremendous investment God places in his people. There is a gift inside of you that you are not aware of. And even for those of us who are aware of our gift, we often underestimate its potential. Look at Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. He says this. Do you see a man who excels in his work or who is diligent in his business? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. You see, when God gives you an ability and you invest in that ability and you develop that ability with diligence, that will enable you to stand before kings or men and women of authority, influential people. Say to your neighbor, invest in yourself. Come on, say to somebody else, invest in yourself. He says, do you see a man who excels in his work? You see, everybody has a work. And one of the things you have to understand about your destiny is that you come to a place where that which has been invested in you will express itself. So if you don't allow what has been invested in you to develop, and if you don't pay attention to it and work on it, when the time comes and you're standing before a pharaoh, you will not know what to say. The pharaoh will give you a dream, a challenge, and you say, oh, no, no, boss, I don't know, I can't do, no, no, that's not for me. In fact, I know somebody. But that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Another scripture, Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent will rule. The hand of the diligent will rule. But the lazy man will be put to forced labor. The lazy person will end up serving somebody else. In their hour when they should be ruling. So let's look at how Joseph how Pharaoh responded to Joseph. Number one, Joseph's advice pleased Pharaoh. Now, that is not what you have up there. Um, I'm going to give you these things, and then you, I'll also outline what is up there. So, Joseph's advice pleased Pharaoh. In other words, those of influence will be pleased with your input when God 
brings you before them. You see, remember, it is God who brought Joseph before Pharaoh. But when you're standing before a man or a woman of influence, and they want to hear what you have to say, how you speak can determine the rest of your life. At times, when people stand before people who are supposed to open doors for them, they misrepresent themselves. Maybe they've got a chip on their shoulder. Have you called me to come before you because I'm black or because you want to hear what I have to say? They'll say something that they're not supposed to say. Are you, are you listening to me? But Pharaoh, Joseph, Joseph, was, Joseph gave Pharaoh advice and Pharaoh was pleased with Joseph's advice. In verse 37, he said this. He says, so the advice, Joseph told Pharaoh what he's supposed to do. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants. You see, the first thing is, when you are standing before, when God opens the door for you in this season, you, you are to express a wisdom or you are to do something that demonstrates wisdom whereby it will cause you to be favored. There's nothing wrong in being favored when you are fulfilling God's purposes. Some people feel like everybody has to hate them in order for them to be approved of God. No, there is a time to be hated, yeah. <laughs> but there's also a time to be favored. Second point, Pharaoh recommended Joseph to his leaders in verse 38. He says, Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom, the spirit, a man in whom is the spirit of God? In other words, those of influence, when you enter this season, will recommend you to others that they influence. You need to be able to recognize those people God brings your way. And as a man or as a woman of destiny, be very careful how you handle people. Be very careful. Because sometimes there's people you will meet, you won't realize that they hold the key to the next season of blessing in your life. That's why you must maintain your integrity. You must always seek to maintain your integrity. Third point, we don't have a lot of time, so help me with the time. Pharaoh acknowledged God's hand on Joseph in verse 39. So, again, you have to study this, but you know, I'm breaking it down because of time. In verse 39, he says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You see, those of influence will recognize the hand of God on your life when you enter this season. Pharaoh recognized the hand of God on Joseph's life because Joseph credited to God what he was about to do. At times, believers are shy about their faith. At other times, believers are foolish about their faith. There is a time to hide that you're a Christian, and there is a time to be bold that you're a Christian. You remember Esther, when there was a beauty contest, and Esther went into the beauty contest? Are you still here? Yeah, beauty contest. You see, we have to go into all the world. Beauty contest is a world, and not all of us will fit that world. Some of us, if we attempted a beauty contest, they may think, anyway, let's move on quickly. So, but Esther was told by Mordecai, do not reveal that you are a Jew. 
because it wasn't the time for it. But then there came a time when Mordecai said, you need to make sure the king knows you're a Jew. Yeah. So there's a time for everything. But the point is, Pharaoh acknowledged God's hand on Joseph's life because Joseph credited to God what he was about to do. When you honor God before the influential, they will acknowledge his hand upon your life even when they resist you. I don't know if you remember the story about um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. In Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar made a decree that you cannot bow, you cannot pray to any god or bow to any god. In fact, his decree was this. You see this image I've made? When you hear a certain sound, bow to it. When you hear a certain sound, bow to it. So he got all his officials together, and then they played the sound. They played all kinds of instruments. And everybody bowed except these three young men. Now, I wonder where Daniel was. But I reckon Daniel at this time, he was exempt because Nebuchadnezzar had exempted him um, above everybody else. So when, when these three bowed, did not bow, sorry, they were reported to Nebuchadnezzar. Now, he, they had favor with him. So Nebuchadnezzar called him and said, is this true what I've heard? That you guys ain't going to bow. Listen, when you hear the music, you better bow. There is no God on this earth that can deliver you from my hand. And I want you to hear what these three young men said. Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In other words, we're not really bothered about this issue. If that is the case... Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. You see, these three men, they said, listen, this threat that you're making. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was a very powerful man. And he said, this threat that you're making, well, it doesn't really bother us. That's not our issue. Our issue is not with the circumstances favoring us or not favoring us. No, 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 no. The God that we serve, he can deliver us from your hand. We are confident he can deliver us. But listen, even if he does not deliver us, say to your neighbor, but if not. Yeah. Even if he does not deliver us, we're not bowing. Now, you see, at times, believers, we, we say something like this. You know, we serve a healing God. We serve a God of deliverance. We serve a God of breakthrough. And he's going to do the breakthrough. But then when God doesn't come the way we want him to, we then question God. Rather than, but if God does not give me the breakthrough, I'm still maintaining my integrity. Rather than that, we say, is God real? Why did God do this? Why is God allowing this to happen to me? Not, but if not, I will still maintain my integrity before God. Say to your neighbor, but if not. <laughs> Fourth point. Pharaoh promoted Joseph over his house and the land. Verse 40 to 41. You shall, after, after, um, after uh, Joseph stands before Pharaoh, after Pharaoh acknowledges God's hand and says, wow, 
you are such a wise man because Joseph had just interpreted an amazing dream, a puzzle. He had just solved, uh, uh, solved a big challenge for Pharaoh. Pharaoh not only acknowledges God's hand, but says, I'm going to promote you. So he promotes Joseph over his house and over his land. Now listen, those of influence will promote you to the highest position possible for you when you enter the season, the palace season. So in this season, you experience unprecedented promotion. Now again, so many believers are fixated on the promotion and not the process that leads to the promotion. So because they are worshipping promotion, they fail to recognize why they are promoted. You see, now, when he was promoted, Joseph was promoted to prime minister because that was needed for his purpose. And you'll see his response in a minute. However, what you must understand about Pharaoh's promotion and those who influence, uh, who are influential promoting you and opening doors for you is that behind it is God. Because ultimately, promotion and exaltation comes from the Lord. But he promotes through people. He promotes through people. So, Psalm 75, 6 and 7 says this, for exaltation or promotion comes from comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. John the Baptist said this, A man can receive nothing except it has been given to him from above. Our Lord Jesus, when he stood before Pontius Pilate, he said this, You will have no authority over me except it was given to you. Beloved, this is why you must trust God with your destiny. This is why you must trust God, because whoever wants to open a door for you, if God is not behind it, let the door close. Yeah. You see, our Lord said to one church, I have set before you an open door which no man can shut. When God says it's time to promote him, there is nobody that can shut that door. Nobody that can scheme you out of it. Yeah. You have to understand that. You have to understand that. that. Just because you may see people who maneuver things to the advantage, violate God's word here, lie a little bit there, fill in a form, add a zero that they shouldn't add, and get the house, and get the breakthrough, and get the land, or whatever, and you seem not to be doing so well. Beloved, promotion comes from the Lord, ultimately. I'm not sure how much time you actually gave me here, I, but I, I know I've got my 20 minutes left and then I'm 15 minutes left and then I'm done. Okay, fine. No problem. Are you still here? Fifth point. Not only did Pharaoh promote Joseph, Pharaoh gave Joseph the same honor afforded to him. Verses 42 to 44, Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand put it on, his, on Joseph's hand. He clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He ha- and he had him ride in the second chariot, which he had, and they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. 
I mean, you have to understand, this is unprecedented. This is incredible. I am Pharaoh, but no one can do anything unless you say so. You see, when God brings you into this season, those of influence will afford to you the same honor they receive unequivocally. You will not even understand why are they doing this. They themselves will not even understand why they're doing it. But because God has a destiny in mind, and this is what you have to understand, when you are being blessed, do not focus on the blessing. I see some of you doors opening. You see, some of our people over the years, we have seen doors open. Way before the doors opened. And some of them we've told them. But what I have noticed is many times when the doors now begin to open, the same people will despise the people who raised them up in order for them to enter those doors. So what then happens is they never fulfill their destiny. I'll never forget it. There was one individual um, between 1900 and 30,000 30, BC, AD, who I remember saying to that person, you see you, God is going to, you're going to be this, whether you serve God or not. They said, really? I said, yeah. You will be this, even if you're not serving God. Now, here's the amazing thing. You would think that person would remember what was said so that they are always serving God. As they entered into that thing, they rejected God. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. But the point I want to make is this. This season will open unprecedented honor to your life. Any man or woman of God who maintains their integrity will eventually come to a place of the palace season if that is what God has called for them. Now, not everybody enters this season. Let's just be real. Not everybody will have a palace season, but we're learning from Joseph's life. Six point. Pharaoh called Joseph by a different name or he changed, well, he didn't change Joseph's name. He just called him a different name. Verse 45, Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphanath Pania. What does this represent? It means that those of influence see you in a different light when you enter this season. You see, your name represents your nature. Your name represents your nature. First Samuel 25, 25, Abigail says to Nabal, Abigail says to David concerning her husband Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. Nabal meant fool. So when your wife says you're a fool, you know you're a fool. <laughs> as his name is, so is he. So when Pharaoh changed Joseph's name, what he was saying is that name, um, Zaphenath Pania, or however you say it, Zaphenath Pania, what it meant was, it means the man to whom mysteries are revealed or the revealer of secrets. Because Joseph had just revealed a secret. It's like, whoa, how did you figure this out? But what's also striking is there was something about Joseph and how he handled himself when he interpreted the dream and he told Pharaoh and his officials they did not question whether it was true or not. 
they believed it. They believed, he believed it so much, he was willing to entrust the whole nation in his hands. You see, you have to understand something about being a man or a woman of destiny. Your integrity is the key. Your secret history before God is the key. It's not what people see on the outside, because people can have all kinds of opinions about you. It's what God sees when nobody's watching. That's what's the most important thing. Your character before God. Not even before man, but before God. Job said, till I die, I will not let go of my integrity. My uprightness, I will hold fast. I will not let it go. Another place he says, though he slays me, yet will I trust him. Listen, when you are walking in the purposes of God for your life, at times you will look ridiculous. At times people, even sometimes the people close to you will think you've lost it. But you must maintain your integrity before God. Because in the end, that's what will cause others to trust their life to you. I see some of you growing in your purposes in Jesus' name. Number seven, Pharaoh gave Joseph a wife from the aristocracy. He gave gave him as a wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On. Now, you have to understand what this represents. It means that those of influence will seek, I like to put it like this, will seek to improve your quality of life. They saw the man was single. He's been in prison for a long time. Man, you've been suffering. No, 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 no. But he didn't just get him any wife. He got him a wife from amongst the aristocracy. In those days, that meant something. Today, now wait, I don't know. Let me just check. Do I really want this? <laughs> But you see, this is a season when others seek to improve your quality of life. And they will seek to be a blessing to you even when it's got nothing to do with them. And finally, Joseph began to exercise his authority. He says, so Joseph went over all the land of Egypt. He began to exercise his authority. You see, you enter a new level of authority and privilege Because of the influential people you encounter. They open a door for you and you enter it. And this is why you need to know how to handle yourself. Listen, young people, young men, young women, old men, old women, men, women, whoever you are, learn how to handle yourself with people. Learn how to handle yourself. Learn how to speak with wisdom. Learn how to behave wisely. Because... You don't know who's watching you. Quickly, let's talk about Joseph as a prime minister. So, the palace season enables you to exercise the authority you require to fulfill your destiny. And the palace season is your final preparation for your destiny. Now, your destiny unfolds in the midst of some form of crisis, challenge, or need. Everybody, our destiny is connected to some kind of challenge, some kind of crisis, or some kind of need. We are a solution to a problem that is waiting for somebody in the future. That's what your destiny is about. So the first thing you notice is is that Joseph became prime minister, verse 46. Joseph became prime minister at the age of 30. Now, that age of 30 represents maturity. Our Lord Jesus was 30 years old when he began his ministry. John the Baptist was 30 years old when he began 
his ministry, David the king was 30 years old when he was first anointed king. 30 in those days is a symbolic number of maturity, of completion. In other words, you are now ready to enter into what God has ordained for you to do. Isn't that interesting? Our Lord Jesus, the uncreated Son of God, was not ready until he matured. So take your time. You know, don't worry about other people. Take your time. Grow in maturity. He began this season as a 30-year-old man because he was now mature. Secondly, Joseph took advantage of the seven years of plenty and stored much grain. In verses 47 to 49, it says this. So you must learn when you enter this season and you're beginning to do what God has called you to do, you must learn to execute your responsibilities well during the season of abundance. Another thing I've noticed with many people is they do not discern seasons. There are seasons in our life where things are just clicking. The money is coming. The money, say to your neighbor, the money is coming. <laughs> we like that one. <laughs> I had one preacher. He, anyway, you know, forget that. Let's move on. We, we like that. The, the money is coming. The, there's blessings. Not blessings. Blessings. Blessings are coming. <laughs> but when that is happening, you know what people do? They don't think about the future. They just indulge. So now money is coming. You see some of these characters. They, they have, they have um, metal on them like, like, they, like, they, like they have some kind of walking jewelry. You know, they call it bling. Ma- a man, a big man like you, wearing all these jewelry, gold, that. They invest all their money in their mouth. Gold, gold teeth. At times, people do not take advantage of the seasons or do not discern the seasons, you know. And so when they're having a season of abundance, rather than looking ahead, they just spend because it's coming. <laughs> he executed his, responsibility, his responsibilities well during this season of plenty. Verses 47, 47 to 49, he says, Now in the seven Plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities. He laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them. Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea and until he stopped counting for it was immeasurable. Now I want you to think of this. This is how wise this young man was. In his day, in the heat of Egypt, He was able to build storage systems that could hold grain for over seven years. He had the wisdom and the technology to do it. Now, the other day I was watching a program about ancient Egypt and how their concrete is not like ours. Their concrete that they used to build things. Sorry, not ancient Egypt, ancient Rome. Their concrete that they used to build things was so powerful that it could set in water. In those days. Uh, Zen, you know about building. Concrete that sets in water. That's the kind we need to, we need to have to build some of our houses in Africa. 
<laughs> the point I'm making is, is this. Joseph, where did he learn that wisdom from? He learned it in prison. He learned it as a slave. He learned it in the fields of Potiphar and in the household of Potiphar. That's where he learned all that wisdom from. Where did he learn it from? He learned it through his suffering. You see, during that season where things were hard, where nobody understood, where he was misrepresented, he was learning. He was developing. You see, let me say something. And, you know, please forgive me if this sounds self-serving as usual. But let me say something. When people see me write books, or when you see I've read this book and wrote that book, you say, wow, this guy's clever. No, it's not clever. I've just been a little bit smart. All these years that I teach and preach, what do you think I do? I make sure I remember what I'm teaching and preaching. So one day, I produce a book, you think, wow, this guy's clever. Yes, I am clever. In Jesus' name, I receive that. But it's also because of the years, the years of experience. Yeah. So, Treasure your years of obscurity. Treasure your years when nobody's watching. The things that you are learning that you may think, well, what's the point of this? Learn the thing. I did a few courses during my pilgrimage. Some of them were totally useless. But some of them I still use today as a pastor. And they've got nothing to do with pastoring. But I use them. My administrative skills I learned, I learned them, I didn't learn them from home, I learned them in BTEC. BTEC. That's how I learned some of my admin skills. In BTEC. BTEC that is despised by the intellectuals. We learned it. Yeah. Number three. Number what? Three, yeah. Joseph began to have children of his own. You see, during this season, as you begin to unfold your destiny, it is a season where you reproduce your legacy in others. You must have a legacy that goes beyond yourself. He had two sons. Fourth thing, Joseph acknowledged God's healing from the struggles of the past. This is verse 51. Verse 50, it says, And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of, the, of famine came, whom... Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, bore to him. So he had two sons. So during the years of plenty and abundance, not only was he doing well, but he was beginning to ensure his legacy. He was thinking ahead. Then in verse 51, it says, Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. You see, Joseph acknowledged God's healing from the struggles of the past. And this is a season of healing from the wounds of the past. Notice he refers to his wounds in his father's house. You see, your foundation has a great influence on the rest of your life. And there are people whose wounds from their father's house is still affecting how they perform in their destiny. But Joseph was healed during, during his season in prison, so that when he entered his purpose, he wasn't affected ne negatively by the wounds of the past. I pray you will not be affected negatively by the wounds of the past. I'm going to stop there because of time, and uh, we're going to pray, because I think you guys have something else to do. Am I right? Okay, fine. So we're going to pray. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. Um, 
The rest of the notes are there for you to look at. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to continue this part um, next week. Um, but uh, shall we pray? Hallelujah. Isn't it great to have children in church? Yeah, it's great. I hope you are enjoying the, the mixture of the noise and the, the word. It's good, isn't it? I hope you're not saying, oh, come, can you get them out? Can you get them? No, 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 no. We are glad they are here with us. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, why don't we bow our heads? We're going to pray. I just really want to bless you. I want to encourage you not to lose hope. Those of you who you may feel like.